Hi, this is Dion Baig from Butler Mortgage. We're currently ranked the number one mortgage brokerage in Ontario and number two in Canada. And much of our success is due to the fact that we help clients acquire multiple investment properties. If you'd like to talk with a mortgage advisor who specializes in investment property, you can reach me at 888-684-8326. To learn more about what's going on in the world of investment property financing, check out episode 23 of the Breakthrough Podcast, where I discuss the topic with Robin Sandy. Are you someone who has no idea that they can be heard? Has brilliant ideas and wants to get them out there? Has a podcast but can't keep up with the work or just wants to focus on things that matter? Then Podcast Engineers is your gateway to get your voice heard. They don't just edit your podcast. They enhance your listeners' experience. You simply do what you do best. That is to record and they do the rest. You can find them at podcastengineers.com. Rob and I have been using podcast engineers to help make our show sound great. Send them an email to get an episode edited free and a discounted plan. Breakthrough Real Estate Investing Podcast, Episode 57. And welcome to the Breakthrough Real Estate Investing Podcast. We put this show together to inspire you and help you break through to the life that you want to live through the power of real estate investing. My name is Rob Brake. Here with me again is Sandy McKay. Hey, Rob. How are things today? Pretty good, man. I can't complain. I'm living the dream. Yeah, good. How about you? Yeah, same. Busy, uh, busy with everything as always, and uh, interesting. Just playing the real estate game now. The tides have kind of everything kind of changed a bit in the last couple of months. So it's been uh, kind of actually, it's kind of nice. I think. What about you? It's been so much fun lately. Yeah. Yeah. Taking the power back. Yeah, yeah. As investors, you can actually you can actually have a chance at buying some things. Yeah, and I just closed on uh, property on Monday to start a reno job on, so that's been fun too. And it's been a while for me because, I mean, I was still doing it when I started as an agent, but I just decided after I was finished, like I had three rentals on the go when I started as an agent. And then after we completed those, I just decided to put it on the back burner for a little while and learn how to do this job properly get a feel for it right so now just jumping back in again so we purchased a triplex in march and then just closed on this other property as well just a couple days ago so and that's a big rental where is it it's in port hope port hope so we're moving east well for that one yeah i'm looking at something in oshawa now too jump back in full steam Mm mm-hmm Right on. That's what's going on with me. As always, you can go to our website, BreakthroughREIPodcast.ca, and there you will find our free download, The 7 Freedom Activators That You Can Trigger in Your Property, starting right now. It is a free report that Sandy McKay wrote for all of you to go and learn what he knows. Learn all the stuff that Sandy knows about making your properties work for you instead of you working for your properties. When you want to just sit back, take some of the stress off and figure out, you know, exactly how to do these things that can allow you to do that. 
Well, that's what you need our free report for. So go on over there, download it, and save yourself some stress and hassle and learn how to do things the Sandy McKay way. <laughs> I think the other, the other thing about that too is you're going to get access to our, our email newsletters that go out usually once a month. And what you'll get through that is just an update on an events that we're doing. So Rob and I both sometimes are, are doing different events, property tours out in east part of Toronto or or me mostly out in Hamilton right now. And uh, I know, what are you doing them, once a month, Rob, or, or how often? Uh, I usually do a couple a month. A couple a month even. So. Yeah. So you'll get access to those. You'll get some updates on what's going on and uh, other events that we're doing, not just property tours, but some other other events with some great speakers and things like that. So you really want to get access to that, and uh, and you will get that and all the updates and everything when you join our email list there by downloading that free report. Yeah, and also, if you would, please go on over to iTunes and write us a review. Uh, five-star reviews can really help us get this show out there. You know, we've been doing actually really good with this show, and uh, a lot of people are listening to it. So I want to thank everybody who's went ahead and wrote reviews in the past just to help this show be more accessible to everybody that's looking on iTunes for this kind of information. So I want to thank everybody, first of all, for doing that. And then I'd also like to read a couple of reviews we've gotten since the last show. We actually got quite a few reviews again, too, so I probably won't read them all. I'll just uh, start with a couple here. The most recent one is from Paul. I can't pronounce the last name, but I think it's just, it's not because, not actually the last name, I don't know. <laughs> Shlaku? I don't, I don't think that's it. Anyway, let me start over again. This one's by Paul. It's got uh, five stars, and he says, Rob and Sandy, I'd like to thank you guys for an amazing job that you are doing. I love your podcast. Uh-oh. More complaints. The only complaint I have is that when I'm done listening, I get anxious waiting for the next one. Oh, well, that's not so bad. You know, sometimes we get the, uh, here's my complaint about your show. So yeah. We read those, too, and they're great. I don't mind reading them, too, but I, I'll always love it when it's like, uh-oh, here's my complaint. Anyway, though, he goes on to say, but seriously, keep up the good work. I am a 20-year-old university student who has a passion for real estate and is currently working in the real estate corporation as a placement for my co-op program, trying to save as much as I can for my first down payment. If you want to bring some young blood onto the show and talk about what some of the perspectives of a soon-to-be first-time buyer investor are, I would be more than honored. Cheers, guys. So, great. Thank you for that review. I'll just read one more. Let's see. This one is from MJS2789 and is five stars as well. It says, this podcast is great. I just recently got into the idea of real estate investing, and this podcast provides excellent interviews and information for noobs and experienced investors. I am hoping it will convince me to take the plunge. Keep up the great work. And we've got a couple more there, but uh, that's good for this time anyway. I, thanks again, everybody, for writing these reviews. I can't thank you enough, and we just keep on getting the five-star ones, so that's amazing. I really appreciate all of you guys doing that. Yeah, that's awesome. I think, uh, you know, I always hear, hear some stories about people, you know, getting inspired by this show, and this is kind of the kickstart to their careers in real estate and in real estate investing, and really by going on there and leaving a review that just helps us bring bring among other opportunities for others to to have that same experience because there's going to be a better chance they're going to find it. So I really encourage everyone who's found this useful to go on there and do that. Yeah, that's right. That's right. 
And, you know, I was talking to you about this before we started recording, but we've got one of our podcasts, the, the most popular one that we have right now is our first time investors, episode 49. And that just peaked over 10,000 downloads for that episode alone. So I think we're at 10,130 something for that episode. So that was pretty amazed to see that when when it broke over 10,000, I got pretty excited. Right. So what? Well, I was just going to say it's all because of these people who are sharing, right? Sharing all of the uh, what they liked and what they didn't like, and and making it more visible for everyone. Hmm. Uh, do you have anything else you wanted to touch on? Oh, you know what? The one thing that I did want to say is uh, Candace Baxfriesen, who was our epi- uh, who was our guest on the last episode, uh, she put out there where we had a little contest. And we're going to announce the winner on our next show. And it was for a free access to her rent-to-own package that she has. So that was a really good prize. And we're going to talk more about it on the next episode as well as announce the winner. So I just wanted to mention that this time. Yeah, all right. Well, I don't know. I don't have a whole lot else to share right now. I think we want to well, get I... an interview here or, or what, do you, what do you want to yeah, do? Yeah, yeah. First, I have a riddle for you, though. All right, what do you got? Okay. What does every investor need but never want to have to use? Insurance. Hey, you got it. That's right. <laughs> Insurance. How did you know? Good one. Uh, I don't know how I knew. I must have been because I got insurance on my mind. Yeah, well, tonight we have on Walla with us, and we're going to talk about the difference between insurance for home and when it's when, when you're using a property for personal use and when also when – the difference between that and when it's being used to generate income. As uh, as one of Toronto's leading insurance professionals with over five years of experience in both commercial and residential sides of the industry, of the insurance industry, On has made it his mission to ensure that his clients receive the highest levels of service and support and that they receive an insurance solution designed specifically to meet their needs. And so, yeah, we're really happy to have On Japanwala here with us today talk about what else but insurance so welcome on hey thanks so much for having me yeah oh thank you for being here really appreciate you coming on and talking about this stuff you know this is one topic that we have not touched on yet and i think is a really important one because it's often one of those things that people it's sort of an afterthought most of the time Mm -hmm. i think for a lot of investors it's actually crazy that we haven't talked about it now that I think of it. Like 50 somewhat episodes, we haven't talked about, we haven't had anybody, any expert insurance people on yet. <laughs> yeah, so thanks very much for coming on. Hey, uh, do you want to uh, tell us a little bit about yourself? I know you invest a little bit in real estate as well. Uh, yeah, yeah. I've uh, I've dabbled in the world of, of real estate before. Uh, in my early 20s, uh, once right after graduating from college, uh, I was saving up money to buy a car and my dad thought that was the most dumbest move I could ever make uh, with my savings at that age. And he told me to go put it in property. And I just told him, I'm like, I can't afford it. You know, I just want to buy a, I just want to buy my BMW and get it, get it over with. <laughs> so he kind of just uh, slapped me upside the head and told me that, you know, you need to actually take, take your life seriously and put it towards something that's going to appreciate and not depreciate. So I ended up uh, dabbling in, I tried to ride the wave, the speculative wave. So I ended up uh, buying like, you know, the new builds, uh, investing in those. And by the time they got, they came out uh, after a couple of years, I ended up reassigning them before the closings on them. 
Oh, you did? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, That's so fantastic I, because a lot of them have a, a clause to prevent that from happening, right? A lot of the builders have don't want don't want you doing that. Yeah, surprisingly, surprisingly, these ones, uh, uh, I guess the property values were, believe it or not, I, I guess, I don't know if the term would be reassignment, but the builder bought them back, bought my unit back from me at an appreciated price, but obviously okay. he took it back and he flipped it forward for even more. Right, okay. Oh, that's interesting. So, hey, I was, I, I lucked out in the fact that uh, I didn't have that assignment clause because obviously since he was buying it back, he didn't, he obviously waived all those fees and stuff like that. And I said, okay, great. You know what? It's a good return on my investment. So I uh, took it and ran. I regret it now, but. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I suppose. I mean, <laughs> look, every flip I've done, I've regretted. You mm-hmm. know, I wish I'd hung on to them instead in retrospect, oh, yeah. but. <laughs> yeah. Did yeah. you approach the the builder yourself, or did they approach you? Good question. I don't recall exactly. I think it was. I think I had approached them r- randomly one day. I was just reaching out to them, and I just called them and I said, "Hey, what's the value on the property?" Actually, I, I reached out to one of their realtors that they had, like the agents who were selling the properties originally. Mm-hmm. I reached out to one of them and I said, "Hey, listen, what's my property worth? It's been uh, two years since I've, uh, you know, since the deposit was put through." So they said, oh, well, in the market, it's going for X amount of dollars to this date. And we have somebody who wants to buy the same unit that you have. So then after a couple of days, he called me back and said, listen, the developer, the builder wants to buy the property again, uh, buy the property back from you. So would you be interested in selling it? And I said, yeah, absolutely. Obviously not at the same price I bought it for. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So they ended up signing the papers. They took the property back. Okay, very interesting. So when investing in real estate, what are the benefits of working with an insurance broker? Uh, so just to clarify before before I answer your question, there's two types of ways to buy insurance. One is through an agent, which is directly dealing directly with an insurance company. And the second is dealing with the broker. Uh, broker's licensing is to represent the client's best interest, while the agent's is to represent the insurance company's best interest. Now, one of the things I personally believe in is that you, I, I believe in this quote that I not only use all the brains that I have, but all that I can borrow. And it's by Woodrow Wilson. And the reason I love this quote is that many people try to take things on by themselves and don't utilize the specialty, you know, they don't utilize the people around them for their expertise. Now, a licensed insurance broker is by law required to represent their client's best interest by, you know, analyzing and providing solution, analyzing their situation and providing solutions to you know, whatever their investment's going to be. Uh, An insurance broker is working with, we work with multiple insurance companies. And that also, with when you're dealing on the commercial side of things, we as brokers also have the ability to be able to negotiate pricing. Which is great, which is perfect for the investor. Oh, yeah, absolutely. See, with any insurance, as, as a broker, you know, I, I always tell my clients is, Whenever you bought an insurance policy, whether it's your home, auto, business, whatever, you'll notice that and when you receive your mail, you'll receive a hundred, you know, you'll receive a booklet. And the first four pages are usually the pages that define your, your coverages. And the remaining 96, 90, 96 pages are all fine print. 
and your broker is going to be the one assisting you to make sure that you if you have a claim or a loss your claim that you're covered under the first four pages of coverages and not the other 96 pages which are the fine prints of exclusions gotcha very important so what sort of coverages should we be looking for as investors you want to make sure that your policy is reflecting what the use is for your property now if you were to just go buy a home that you want to live in you'd need a personal home insurance policy if your plan once you start using once the use of your property changes or you're investing in something that's going to be generating income it would start to qualify under commercial insurance it's becoming a business now and not a residential use anymore it's not personal use anymore so you want to make sure that your insurance policy is going to be covering you for things coverages things like rental income coverage in case there's a loss if you know you have let's say you're investing in a duplex you have two tenants one in each unit you're generating x amount of dollars a month uh, you know and you know a certain amount annually and knock on wood one of the tenants lights the place on fire and both the units are you know both the tenants have to evacuate they you know they have to break their contract they move out to other places and now you have a property where you know the mortgage is still due and you don't have any income coming anymore because of the fire so your insurance policy can come and respond to that whether you have the loss of loss of rental income Right. Very good. As well as, I mean, there's all kinds of other different like floods or or just whatever the other is. There's actually a vacancy policy, right? Yes. Yes. There's multiple types of coverages that you'd want to sit down with your broker and discuss, because obviously the more coverages you want, your bill racks up accordingly. And so you, if you want, for example, sewer backup and flood, which I highly recommend these days because, believe it or not, the biggest cause of loss to property is not fire anymore. It's it's water damage, whether it's the heavy rainfall, the water overflowing through into the basement, sewer backup, pipe burst, whatever the case is, it, you're more likely to suffer from water damage than any other claims. You know, one of the other things I forgot to mention earlier was you want to make sure that your type of your policy will be different for the type of investment you're doing. You have obviously your personal property, which is you need to be regular home insurance policy. Then you have multiple unit policies. Uh, you could have student housing, Airbnb, short-term rentals, and all these. You know, to the average consumer, may seem you know it's just like it's a tenant. You're getting paid. That's the end of it. But each one of these type of usages on the property offers a different risk exposure to the insurance company. So your coverages can vary accordingly and so will the price. So what about renovations? This is a fantastic topic and I love talking about this one. So when you start renovations, which you know many people either they want to engage in you know creating the basement and uh, changing the basement into a legal unit, they have to start making changes, they may have to start looking into structural changes. First tip I would want to give to your audience is make sure you hire a licensed and insured professional. And if you're bringing in a general contractor, make sure you request a certificate of insurance. It shows that the person has insurance in place if things go if the person you know damages your property or anything of the sort now you want to make sure that after finalizing the plan with your general contract or you know whoever will be doing the renovation you want to make sure that you contact your insurance broker and advise them of the work before commencing 
so that they know how to make your changes to your policy, whether the unit's going to be vacant, will it be unoccupied, what kind of renovations, will there be structural changes to the property, and after the renovations renovations take place, will the use of the building be changing? So some people might take a triplex and instead of it just being rented to families, they might change the first floor into a commercial unit where they've got a store or a storefront. That changes the risk exposure and your policy would need to be updated accordingly. Mm-hmm. Good points. So do you have a tenant insurance product as well? Yeah, absolutely. So tenants insurance is uh, is pretty common. And for tenants, uh, there's two parts to it. One is the insurance that the tenant must get and provide to you as the landlord, which shows that, you know, they have liability insurance and they're insuring their contents. Well, as a landlord, you're not too concerned about their contents, but what you are concerned about is the fact that they do have liability insurance mm-hmm. in case they burn your unit down. The second part to it is having is the landlord's insurance, which the landlord gets to insure the actual building while the tenant is occupying it. So I want to point that out, too. I think we should stress how important it is to have mandatory tenant insurance in your leases because there's yeah. very little things that as landlords we can do to protect ourselves from tenants. And that is one of those things where you can evict a tenant for not having their insurance and for not having very many options when you have a problem tenant to try and get them out. I mean, all they have to do is go take out a policy, but at least then they're insured. So that should be in everybody's leases. Make sure that you're getting tenants to get insurance. Yeah, I agree 110% with what you just said. I recently spoke with the real estate lawyer and I asked him about that and he said the exact same thing that you just said, that if your tenant does not comply with having providing you with proof of insurance, then they can be in direct violation in regards to the leasing agreement. That's right. I feel like a lot of people skip that or just don't know about it. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's oh, for sure they do. Forgotten. And, and that's that's one part which a lot of people do is they ask for it, they'll forget about it. The second is they'll ask it for the first time when the client moves in, and then they never ask for it again when you know it's time to renew the lease. Right. So obviously, I guess we just touched on the whole reason why it's important to have a tenant's insurance product. Did yeah. you have anything else to say about that? Well, one of the parts is, besides the part that you as a landlord would require your tenant to have, uh, require them to have um, property insurance, you know, the, for them to have insurance in place. The other party who would require you to have the building insured is the mortgage company, if there is a mortgage company. It's part of their agreements when you sign a mortgage that they require you to have the building insured to protect their interests. So in case if the tenant or, or your, you know, you, if you're living there yourself, burn the place down, the insurance is there to protect them and, you know, to pay them what they're giving the loan for. Right. Well, I like touching on this stuff because uh, this is, again, like I say, one of those really important issues that we don't really think about, you know, you got insurance, you got insurance. That's the way a lot of people go about it. And just, you know, whatever the cheapest coverage is that they will take is like, I've got a duplex. What's the cheapest coverage you can give me? Yeah. 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 I see a lot of even with renovation ones and, and you know vacant properties that are going to be vacant for a while. Like there's all these things that people don't. They just go for the cheapest option mm-hmm. <laughs> rather than the right one. 
for sure. Hey, it's and we all prices. Price is a factor in anything we purchase. You know, whether we're buying a property or hiring a broker or you know hiring a realtor or anything of the sort. It's you know it's about price is one thing, but I always tell people don't just look at price as the end all be all. Look at what you're getting for the price, and is it is it worth the value? Well, you know what though, like honestly, the uh, Starbucks thing will probably cost three times as much as the insurance policy does per day. The Starbucks coffee costs almost three times as much as a regular cup of coffee would at home, but yet it's still it's still successful because there's a there's a level of value, there's an experience that you go through from the point of, you know, walking into the place with the music and the scenery, all the way up to, you know, the cashier writing asking your name and writing it down on the cup that they're gonna hand to you. It's a full experience that you're paying for. There's value in it for who people who want it. So what you're saying is you'll call people by their first name. <laughs> and charge them three times as much. And charge them three times as much. <laughs> I'm trying to emphasize the point that, you know, price is not the end all be all. It's like, I'm yeah, sure. No, it's are, very is, important to have the right coverage. Obviously, the, there's going to be a difference between the right coverage and the cheapest coverage for sure. There's just no way around that. And the cheapest, yeah. well, unless the cheapest coverage happens to be the right coverage for you. That would be that'd be uh that's what you call the unicorn. Yeah. Possibly yeah. I suppose. <laughs> it, it's rare it's rare but happens. And yeah. you know what we do as insurance brokers is we for example, we have about we have about fifteen companies on hand that we can reach out to and find the coverages which at some times it is the cheapest and meets all the needs meets your needs. So, so what about student rentals? We we've talked about a lot of the other types. What Student rentals seems to be a unique type of property in a lot of ways. I'm sure it might be uh, with insurance as well. What do you think about that? Yeah, absolutely. So student rentals is it has it's you know student rental and uh, rooming houses have, are usually in the same ballpark. They're known for claims to happen quite frequently because of lack of maintenance and things of that nature. People trash the place once they leave. And usually they're not full-term policies. They're not full-year policies. Sometimes they're going by semesters, or sometimes there'll be a, an insurance policy for eight months out of the year. Student housing is usually based on you know the type of how many rooms you have, the annual income that the students are producing. Again, you know, going back to that original point of, in case if one of the students ended up deciding to light up the place on fire, and all the students had to get evacuated and your and your place is shut down, your rental income kicks in and covers the cost of that. Okay, so. You would agree, though, that student rental is definitely a different type of insurance, and there's not that many insurance companies that will even look at student rentals or rooming houses. Right, right. It is a more niche product, but there are companies who do do it. Now, someone, say, goes out and buys a duplex, and this is five years ago, and mm-hmm. they got their insurance on it, and they haven't looked at it since. So they threw it in the drawer, they threw the policy in the drawer, and they haven't even looked at it yet. So that's one example of somebody who really might need to update their insurance policy. So when would somebody need to do that? Oh, great question. Okay, so usually most people will check up on their renewal. Uh, we'll check up on their policies every every year when the renewal comes up just to see what the price is and it hasn't significantly jacked up. So that's usually one time when most people will check. However, I always tell 
tell my clients to make sure that if there's any changes to the usage of the premises, if there's if suddenly you're deciding to do renovations or there's people leaving it, there's people, you know, your tenants are leaving and the place is unoccupied or vacant, you need to talk to your insurance broker to make sure those coverages are updated. Because let's say you have a duplex and both those duplexes, you decided to start some renovations and your tenants left. They ended their term contracts and they ended up leaving and now there's nobody residing in the premises. And after a couple of weeks of big renovations, the place accidentally, you know, do in the middle of the night had a fire or something of the sort and the place got burnt or crisp. The insurance company is not covering a vacant dwelling. They're covering, they were covering, you know, a duplex, which is occupied by two tenants. Because there's a change in the premises without the insurance company, uh, sorry, there's a change in the usage, and the, without the insurance company being notified, they can decline the claim. Okay, well, that's interesting. So it's any time, really, that there's any kind of a change of use or if the property is not occupied. Now, let's say you've got a duplex like in your scenario there and one tenant moves out mm-hmm. and the other, so the, so one place is vacant. Would it be the same type of deal with that? Yes, exactly. Exactly. Essentially, when you have two units, they're acting as two different properties, even though they're on the same in the same building. So if one unit is empty, they, you want to mention to the insurance company. Now, some insurance companies may be a bit more flexible in saying that, you know, at least there's somebody, there's at least there's some activity on the premises at the other unit. However, their biggest concern is that, you know, there could be break-ins, taps, there could have been a water flood in that unit and nobody's there. So, you know, they want to talk to the insurance company, insurance broker and see what type of arrangements they can do so that the coverage can't stay consistent. So maybe they might, the insurance company might require you or somebody to check in on the property daily, uh, make sure there's uh, snow plowing done, make sure that somebody's picking up the mail, things of that nature. Gotcha. Okay, perfect. This is one I've, I've had people ask me before. Why is the value of the home different in a lot of cases than than what the insurance policy actually covers? Hmm. So that's that's a very common question. So the one coverage, I mean, one number, the value is called the market value. And you guys know this better than I do, that the valuations change according to the economic and the market conditions. However, the reconstruction cost, which is a second value, is what the insurance companies covered you for, doesn't fluctuate as often. They usually go up by a certain factor between 3 to 5% on a yearly basis to keep up with the cost of inflation in case if your house burns down to a crisp and they got to rebuild the whole house back. Let's say, for example, cost 300000 Obviously, if the market drops down to, you know, in the seller's or the buyer's market, in the real estate market, the housing price drops down to 200000 If that house burns up, it's still going to cost 300000 to rebuild or you know, vice versa. If the valuations go up, uh, the market valuations goes up on the property. And now that house that uh, was market condition was at 200000 has gone up to 600000 and it burns. It's still going to cost 300000 to rebuild. So the rebuild is different from the market value. Right. 
So I guess you want to tell us a little bit about your brokerage specifically. They have some special products available for investors and contractors and builders. So did you want to let us in on um, what your company has to offer? Yeah, absolutely. So one of the things we, so a little bit of a little background about the brokerage I'm working with is Lyon and Butler Insurance Brokers. They've been in the market since the 1930s. Now they're well established and they've got really good relations with a lot of the insurance companies out there. Now, a lot of the main majority of the book of business that Lionel Butler has is in the construction and, and specializing in the construction, development, builders, and in the trades industry. So because of those, we also were able to get, um, we have some products available through specialized insurance companies for which are, which are specifically focused on rented dwellings for your investors and uh, also as well as products available for your tradesmen who are doing renovations like general contractors as well. The really good part about this is that these companies cover the contracts we have with these companies, they're able to provide really like great coverage at a good price with a quick turnaround time. Okay. What, what kind of things do the construction and development coverage entail? Perfect. So, so let's say let's use a general contractor for example. So these coverages would entail you will provide you with coverage for your property. One is your equipment. So you got your equipment that you keep at your at your office or your house. The second coverage that they'll all, we can get you is coverage that you can for your tools, your installation uh, equipment that you're taking around, and the general liability coverage, which can range from anywhere from two million to five million dollars, depending on the type of you know the size of coverage you need. And the second portion of the coverage for let's say a general contractor entails your commercial auto coverage. So when you're a contractor or you're a tradesman and you're taking tools and equipment to job sites, you need commercial insurance. You're not able to use your personal insurance anymore. It actually won't respond in case of a claim if you're deciding if you're using it for work purposes. So we have we have the ability the, the number of companies we deal with, we're able to and many times get them business and auto discount, a commercial auto and a commercial liability discount, as well as at a quick term around time as well for their needs for their tools equipment as well as their liability so is there any instances that you can think of where somebody who is an investor and say they've got a number of units or whatever it might take to take advantage of some of these kind of coverages as well so say i'm at the point where i'm doing a bunch of renovations on my properties right I'm not necessarily the one swinging the hammer. I'm bringing in the materials. I'm doing runs to um, coordinate this and that. Is that kind of stuff something that you would cover or is there some kind of threshold where you might be able to qualify for some specialty discounts and that kind of thing in those circumstances? If you were – okay, so it – would you be considered in your example, would you be considering yourself as as, as a general contractor who's bringing in the people? I don't know. Like, I mean, I guess we don't. So I have a numbered company, right? Right. So I'm trying to figure out whether or not now I can take advantage of some different insurance policies where I might be able to just get a better rate based on the amount of running back and forth that I'm doing for my properties that are owned in the corporation. Oh, like, okay. So there are types of policies, which are the landlord policies that uh, I mentioned earlier. These landlord policies are for designed for investors. And the way they work is that they cover the actual building and any of your equipment 
that you may have and the unit itself. So let's say you ha you own a duplex, okay? And if you have a duplex, for example, you have you're the one supplying the bed, you're the one supplying the washer, dryer, you're the one supplying for the appliances, okay? Mm -hmm. And now you've got multiple units in the same building. So what we can do is we have some companies that can offer discounts for the more units you have, they can give a give a better rate compared to just having two units. If you had a property that had, let's say, more than five, 10 units or so, we can negotiate with the insurance company to be able to give a better rate for you, as well as being able to provide coverages for your appliances, your stock, I mean, not stock, your appliances, your liability in there as well. Okay, really good. All right, well, yeah, there's a lot of good info already here. Let's do a little bit more about, about you personally and what you're up to. Like, tell us about, you got a few things on the go. You got a podcast, you got a YouTube yes. channel. Yeah. Uh, I know we want to pop up the podcast because we've got a lot of podcast listeners here, obviously. Okay, so I got to be honest, I am a fanboy. So about two to three years ago, I started when I started to look into real estate and wanted to get learn about being an investor and so forth. I started doing a lot of research. And uh, in the research, I started looking up YouTube videos. And I thought YouTube was complete, complete part of my French, but it was complete junk at that time. And, uh, I, I couldn't, hey, come on now, watch the language. And, uh, and I couldn't find any good useful information. I started looking online and I came across, then I started looking at podcasts and I actually came across your guys' podcast and I started listening to it. I said, oh my God, I remember the first couple episodes with uh, you had uh, with Quentin, Quentin D'Souza on there and I started listening to those and I said, wow, this is amazing. I ended up joining the Durham REI and all that stuff. And your podcast actually got me started in being able to, you know, in real estate essentially. And uh, one day I was listening to it and I said, man, these guys are so cool. One day I, I wish to be, you know, on their podcast one day and, uh, you know, ta-da, here I am. And sort of took inspiration from you guys in starting my own podcast about, it's called the Insurance Guy Podcast. You can look it up on iTunes and Google Play as well as on the, on YouTube if you want to see my pretty face on there. Again, it's called The Insurance Guy Show and you'll see me there and I'm posting videos about, I talk with business owners and I provide tips and stuff I've learned about marketing, how to improve sales and things of that nature and a little bit dabbling into with the insurance information in there as well. Oh, so that's it, really interesting. I'm glad that we could uh, we could help you along with that. Hey, it's amazing. You know what? I want to personally invite both of you guys on uh, on my show. Cool. Oh, yeah, we'd love to. Fun. Or I'd love to. <laughs> well, listen, you both are teams. So you both got to get on there. Well, I just didn't want to answer for somebody. That's all. Maybe maybe he's uh, I don't know. Maybe he doesn't like other people's podcasts. <laughs> yeah, no, can't can't get on anybody else. It's strictly info for our show. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, Sandy, you were going to say something there. Sorry. No, I was going to say, I was going to ask actually. So, who are your ideal listeners for your show? Is it is it insurance? Other people in the insurance industry, or is it business owners? Is it a little bit of everybody? Who is your ideal? I mainly focus my content around. It's for people who are aspiring entrepreneurs and are entrepreneurs who are looking to up their sales games, uh, whether they're working for themselves on a commission paycheck or they're working for a company and looking to, you know, get the next bonus. We talk about ways about how people, you know, like that, just to touch base, you know, to take action, you need to have the desire. And 
even for you guys, when you guys probably got together and said, Hey, listen, let's start a podcast. It took planning. It took, you know, let's, let's do this. Let's make a topic or anything. Let's, you know, let's choose a topic we want to talk about. What are we going to do? You probably had a whole background planning behind it, but you guys took the action. There's many people out there who have these great ideas, but they tell them they have great ideas one day, they'll sleep on it and they'll forever sleep on that plan and it'll never come out. So, these interviews that I do with business owners, they talk about what they did to kind of take it from an idea to an existing and successful business. Well, I like that. That sounds really interesting. So again, you know, thanks for thanks for that shout out to us too. We we are very cool. So <laughs> <laughs> definitely, definitely. Now, cool. I guess, how can people, you mentioned the uh, podcast, it's called the Insurance Guy Podcast, right? Yes. Now, how, other than that, if someone wants to like get in touch with you, do you? How can people do that? Hey, a real quick way: just go open up your phone, go on either Google or Safari, just type in theinsurers.ca, and you'll head straight to my website. Over there, you have the ability to send me an email, send me a text, call me, or just put in your information, and I'll touch base with you at a time that's convenient for you. Okay, very cool. The insurers. Yeah. That's right. So T. T-H-E-I-N-S-U-R-E-R-S dot C-A. Awesome. And the, show, and the YouTube show again is uh, The Insurance Guy. The Insurance Guy. Awesome. We always put the links in the show notes too, so if anybody missed that stuff, just go over to the show notes, go over to the website, click on the episode where you can comment as well, and you can like the episode on Facebook and uh, other social media, and you can see the links for all the things that Nam was telling us about. So thanks so much, man. I really appreciate you coming on. Hey, thanks so much for inviting me in. Uh, it's a true honor to you know be on your show. Well, it was a very thanks. it was an honor for us to have you on here. So thanks again very much. Appreciate it. And uh, you know this is one of those things again where I said that uh, people are going to get a lot of value out of it. I think because it's just one of those things that a lot of people don't really put much thought into, to be honest. So Nothing. this is going to start to make people think. I'm sure you're going to be getting some calls from some people who just want to go through and make sure that they are doing things properly because you need to protect your butt, right? Mm -hmm. So hey, just um, from many maybe years, pull that. Yeah. So pull that insurance policy out of the drawer and have a look at it and make sure that you're getting the right coverage for what's going on. And, and do make those calls if you got a vacancy right now. And, you know, I just had a, uh, that reminded me, like I had a duplex that actually sat vacant for the last month. Mm -hmm. So, so, and that was one of the things that I didn't do. I just, I, I showed it through the month, but while no one was there, I didn't change my policy. <laughs> so, you know, it's just one of those things that I never thought about, mm -hmm. right? So now I'm going to start to think about these things as they come up. Right, right. You, you definitely want to have the type of relationship with your broker where they're part of almost every action that you would take, especially with your investments, where you can either text them or send them a quick email with whatever updates are happening and they should be able they should be responding to you within 24 to 48 hours mm -hmm. yeah definitely a valuable member of the power team that we always kind of talk about here on the show mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. absolutely sandy how can people get in touch with you uh, easiest way is to to give us a call at 905-308-8333 and just ask for me. Or you can also email us at info at mckayrealtynetwork.com. M-A-C-K-A-Y, realtynetwork.com. Beautiful. 
And if yeah. anyone wants to reach out to me, they can reach me at 905-233-2283 or they can call me at uh, – I'm going to change that. So they can reach me at uh, – jeez, I don't even know my own phone number anymore. 289-927-0464. So please reach out to me there. And as well, you can always reach us at info at breakthroughreipodcast.ca. And I would encourage anybody who wants to come out here and see some places that uh, have the potential for being duplexed, because that's uh, our specialty out here in this area. We normally look for single-family homes that can be suited into two units legally and then create that awesome cash flow that everyone's looking for. So we go through the ins and outs, and we do a tour of only places that work for this kind of investment, So, as well as other things too. But that's really our main focus. So if any of you are interested in that, just go over to the podcast website and you'll see my sign up form for that tour so just sign up there and you'll start to get my emails right away and you'll get all the updates from that point on thanks on really appreciate you coming on again and i can't thank you enough and sandy and everyone listening have a great night